Welcome to the show today, guys. I wanted to do kind of just a really important solo episode, and I wanted to discuss the the myth of moral neutrality. I wanted to discuss how deadly tolerance can actually be. The stereotypical libertarian is this idea that, you know, well, I don't want to get abortions. You know, I'm personally pro-life. It just don't make me fund it. You know, I I wouldn't chop the genitals off of off of my kid if they had gender delusion, you know, um, so just don't force parents to do it. But if some parents want to do it, hey, you know, that's that's every family's right to make their own decisions. Right. It's it's this like utopian lie that there is some there's some future in which we can attain a neutral public square. The neutrality of ideas This is impossible. It will not happen. It's a myth. It's a lie. You can tuck it away with the tooth fairy and Santa Claus. We're going to talk about all this. <laughs> Why tolerance is so deadly. Why atheism is so deadly. And why not only are we justified in trying to rebuild Christendom in the public square, but we can do nothing but. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs> I think this is so important. I I think people are kind of waking up right now and realizing that, like, they have to demand standards, (laughs) that we have to insist on standards, not just for us in our family, because we're going to homeschool. But, you know, you can go trans your kids and kill the babies. But, you know, we're just going to retreat into our little Christian communities. Right. This is kind of the Benedict option. Unfortunately, this was kind of repopularized by Rod Dreher, who wrote the book Live Not My Lies. I've read it. It's a great book. <laughs> Unfortunately, his his proposal or solution to the normalization of evil, the banality of evil, the the celebratory nature of evil in the culture at large is is to say, well, it's kind, we're kind of too far gone. So so good people, those who do, want to live upright and righteous lives, Christians. To, to not be tainted by the world, to make sure our children are not indoctrinated into an alternative religion and ideology, we abdicate. We, we surrender. We pull back. We withdraw from the culture, and, and we develop kind of our, our small Christian circles of community. I don't think that's a solution because <laughs> I think eventually they will throw your children into gulags to re-educate them. And if you think that's not possible, you don't know your history. Human nature has not changed, y'all. Human nature has not changed. Okay, we have just sort of like we've normalized evil in this society. It's become part of the social fabric, the cultural fabric. And it's kind of like all we know now, like we my generation and those before me were raised in a society in a country that said that abortion's healthcare. It's integral to women's rights. Right. The sexual revolution was a great thing. Women needed the sexual revolution and bra burning in order to achieve equality in the workplace. They needed to be able to kill their children to have equality because they had these pesky things called uteruses that kept them from achieving the same level of success in the in the work uh, force as men who don't have to take responsibility for their sexual choices, or at least they haven't been. Uh, we, we were told all these things were wonderful and good. We were told Alfred Kinsey was uh, was a hero of the sexual revolution and, and that his new science on sexuality helped usher in a new generation of truly free individuals. Like This has been so normalized in the culture that when you grow up in a society where that's so much of the norm, you actually start to become numb to it. You assume that this is just part of the society, right? This is why, this is why culture is to us 
what water is to a fish. It's all we know. When you swim in it and it's all you know, you, you start to become accustomed to it. You start to assume that that's the normal order of things, okay? But it hasn't always been, okay? We used to have a robust Christian civilization that, that actually, guess what? Instituted Christian ideals, Christian ideas that were fundamentally Christian, okay? They didn't come from another religion. And it was that Faith, it was that religion that was reflected legislatively in laws about marriage, laws about rape, laws about the family, laws about children. Y'all, a hundred or so years ago, if you raped a kid, all right, or you sodomized another man, like there were like the consequences were pretty gnarly. Like, you remember how hard it used to be to get divorced before no fault divorce laws? Like, do you understand that that that, that only Christianity provided the philosophical and religious foundation to justify such laws in the first place. A lot of Christians today think it's a great thing. Oh, it's such a wonderful thing that that we no longer have restricted marriage just to a man and a woman, right? I know a lot of Christians who think that a burgafell, right, the redefinition of marriage, which is, by the way, is impossible. You can't redefine uh, reality itself. And, and then later, r- very recently, in the last year or so, the the Democrats, what do they call it? The Respect for Marriage Act or something like that, <laughs> which literally was just the federalization of a Obergefell. It wasn't a respect for marriage. It was literally the obliteration of marriage as we know it. When you redefine marriage, you actually obliterate marriage because you can't redefine a fundamental human God-ordained institution that every human society, every civilization in human history defined as the same. One man, one woman, four life, sexually exclusive for the good of society and the rearing of children. A lot of Christians think that that's a great thing, right? Because because the neutral public square, the neutral public square, liberalism, libertarianism. Hey, you do you, I do me. Don't make me live how you want to live, and we'll just all live however we want to live. That is, some of these lies that were planted in the cultural soil of America many, 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 many decades ago have now shifted the society drastically in a wrong direction, right? We, we, we talked about this on the show with our good friend Bryce Eddy, that, that that which you are asked to tolerate, you will then be asked to accept. And once they get acceptance of, of their religion, right, or their political goals or their ideology, and you grant those premises, premises, they then want celebration. And eventually you end up at participation in the culture of death. Yeah, here's an example of how this works. Here's the lie, right, or, or the myth of moral neutrality, right, of, of a neutral um, ecclesia, a neutral society in which you believe killing children is healthcare, and I believe it's child sacrifice, but we're going to figure out how to get along together. We're going to figure out this neutral public square. You believe that sodomizing another man and calling it marriage and, 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 and pretending you're married and then paying a, a, a poor brown woman because brown wombs are, are cheaper than white wombs um, to gestate your child as a surrogate so you can call yourself two daddies. You know, you, that's great. You do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live marriage as, as just how God meant it. And we're going to figure out how to, how to build a neutral public square because it's a constitutional republic. And so we all got to learn how to live together. We're going to figure this out. You, you want to know the myth of that, exactly how this has ended up working out? I think it's important to actually trace the damage that has flowed from trying to tolerate alternative bad ideas and to give them quarter to give them quarter. Where does that go when you do that? 
Does it stay neutral? Does it, does the left then respect Christians' perspectives when they don't when they just want to tolerate but they don't want to accept? They just want to tolerate but they don't want to accept your your lifestyle, and they certainly don't want to celebrate it. Do they accept that? Do they do they stop at merely allowing their ideology to be tolerated, or do they take it further and further and further? Do you, do you see what I mean? Uh, we need to trace exactly the damage that has flown from tolerating bad things, bad religion, bad ideas to see where it's actually taken us. So, so l- let's give a few examples of exactly how this has all worked out. Here, here's how the slippery slope of tolerance worked with abortion. They said, we want abortions to be safe, legal, and rare. <laughs> Remember that? That was the Bill and Hillary Clinton line. We agree, they said, that abortion is a tragedy, right? The, the old Democrats pro-abortion in the 50s and 60s, 70s, they had acknowledged it wasn't a great thing. But we need to make it legal in cases of horrific circumstances. So just to, just to, tolerate it, right? But then very quickly we realized, no, they, they actually want abortions legal through point of birth. That's what Roe v. Wade did in Doe versus Bolton. Right. Because what well, they said, not everyone shares your Christian belief that human life begins a conception. <laughs> OK, so why should your religious belief be imposed on the rest of the country? Just accept it. All right. Just accept it very quickly. And in the last few years, last 10 years in particular, we've seen that they want us to shout abortions. They make films celebrating abortion, not just as a necessary evil, but the new euphemism is reproductive justice. Have you noticed this? They now call what they used to call health care, <laughs> they used to call women's rights and bodily autonomy, what they used to call a necessary evil is now called reproductive justice. And um, I think it was Cory Booker who on national television when he was running for president in 2019 said abortion is the most sacrosanct right. Well, sacrosanct refers to the, the sacred, things that are sacred. To call something sacred is to declare it holy or worthy of worship. So now <laughs> you must worship abortion, right? You must celebrate. We w- without this basic right, they said, women can't be free. Abortion's on demand and without apology. Just celebrate it. And then before we knew it, what became the new norm? What became the new status quo? Well, we want Americans to fund abortions with their tax dollars. We want pro-life OBGYNs who share what we call abortion misinformation to lose their license to practice medicine. Yes, that was an idea proposed by ACOG, the American, American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, within the year 2023. We want pro-life nurses to be coerced into assisting into performing abortions upon threat of career termination. So help kill babies or else. We want 12-year-olds in California to obtain abortions without parental consent or knowledge and to be able to charge that abortion to their parents' insurance plans without parental notification. And we want religious institutions like Calvary Chapel Chino Hills and Pastor Jack Hibbs to be forced into covering abortions in their health care plans. Just participate in the culture of death. Participate in our agenda. How quickly we move from tolerance to acceptance, to celebration, to participation. There's no such thing as moral neutrality. What about homosexuality? What about the homosexual agenda? How did we move from tolerance 
to acceptance, celebration, and participation. Here's how the slippery slope of tolerance works. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Every Life, Every Life Diaper Company, the only pro-life diaper company in America. I mean, this is so, this is just like, the reason that they have to be a sponsor of the show is, is unreal. Like, we're partnering with them because all eight of the major American diaper companies rhetorically support or financially support the abortion industry so the baby industry that that profits off of selling things for babies it supports or funds the killing of babies which means that there's less babies which means that they don't make as much money yeah try to explain that okay nothing explains that except the woke mind virus okay that that is a result of this culture of death and you can't defeat the culture of death by funding a culture of death. This is how we win and fight back, by creating an alternative economy to fund the kind of culture we want to build, okay? So listen, if you've got kids, I've got three, all right? We got lots of poop around the house, right? We gotta have diapers. If you need to have diapers anyways, go to everylife.com, promo code SETH10, 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 okay? And and if you sign up for the uh, the, the membership, uh, then you actually save a little bit more money. Promo code SETH10, um, get your diapers from every life. Let's bankrupt every pro-abortion diaper company because conservative pro-life Christians have the most kids anyways. So it's actually the pro-life Christians who are funding the pro-abortion diaper companies. We got to stop this. Thank you to our sponsor, Every Life. Go to everylife.com, promo code SETH10, SETH10 to get 10% off your first order. This is why you cannot give quarter to evil, wicked ideas. You have to push back. You have to demand a righteous standard. In America, and the freedoms we've enjoyed. <laughs> sorry, 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 modern left. They were only created by a standard based on the pillar of Christianity, right? This belief that man was created in the image of God. And so governments are instituted among men to recognize and protect the natural rights given to us by God, okay? Here's how the slippery slope of tolerance works with homosexuality. What did they say originally? Do you remember? We just want the right to engage in homosexual relationships and acts. That's it. It's just in the privacy of our own bedrooms. That's fine. Right? We used to have laws against sodomy, right? Like, but no, 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 no. They insisted that liberalism, right? Pluralism demands that you allow these things within consensual same-sex relationships in the privacy of our own bedroom. Who cares about what that, right? Who cares? Who cares what they do? Just just tolerate. Just tolerate us. But then what happened? Did it stop there? <laughs> I think you know the answer. No, now we want marriage equality. We want to change the entire definition of marriage and sever it from biological realities. Just accept it. Just accept our definition of marriage. Oh, we're not going to – but oh, we won't coerce you into performing those same-sex weddings, <laughs> you know, just, just accept our new definition of marriage. <laughs> well, where did we go from there? Well, now we want the entire month of June set aside, right, to glorify and celebrate our sexual preferences and identities. We want every corporation to put our, our rainbow branding flags on their branding. <laughs> we need safe spaces. We we need corporations to send out emails celebrating Pride Month. We need Target and Kohl's and who knows how many other corporations to, to push Pride Month, the most deadliest of sins, for the entire month of June to celebrate our perverted, 
inverted sexual preferences. And we need you to donate, actually, to our funds um, to, to, to make sure that we educate the next generation into the permissibility and the beauty of this slay queen uh, gay agenda. And we want to read books to your kids. Okay, just just celebrate us. Just celebrate it. Okay. How quickly we move. Now what? What has the last few years shown us? Did it stop at celebrate and tolerate? Nope. Never heard of Jack Phillips out of Colorado? Masterpiece Cake Shop? Ah, uh, yeah. Sued for not agreeing to bake a cake for a gay wedding. And by the way, he said, I have pre-made cakes here you can buy. And you can use it at your gay wedding. I'm just not going to use my artistic skills in creating beautiful cakes. The skills that I believe God's given me was Jack Phillips' argument. To create a centerpiece of your celebratory event that glorifies something I believe to be sinful. I'm not going to use my gifts to do that. They've now sued Jack Phillips. He's like in another lawsuit. They've sued him like countless times now. What happened? Did it just stay at celebrate? No, 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 no. We want photographers and bakers to be forced to photograph our weddings and bake our wedding cakes. And we want our pornographic, homosexual indoctrination education in the public schools to be part of health courses, lionizing and praising figures like Harvey Milk, who was like a pedophile, like incestuous, homosexual activist that everyone loves to praise, Harvey Milk, not a great guy. We'll do a whole episode on him one day. We want him praised as part of homosexual, like gay, like remembrance month in public schools with no parental opt-out option. We don't want parents notified of the sexual agenda in the schools. And, and also now, now that we've changed the definition of marriage, right? Guess what happens when you change the definition of marriage? You change the definition of parenthood. So therefore, we want children now. Okay, we want children. We want to be able to adopt children. And any orphan or foster care organization that refuses to give us children or work with us, we want them shut down and sued for discrimination. Just participate in our agenda. I hope you're starting to see. I, I know this makes very many Christians uncomfortable, right? There's this whole conversation happening in America right now. And within evangelicalism and evangelical circles of some people I respect on both sides, but I, I think that some people are on the wrong side. And, and they say Christian nationalism is a great threat to our democracy. Have you heard this? Like apparently being a Christian nationalist is really bad. It's like really evil. It's like it's actually people like Russell Moore will say it's idolatrous, right? You're, we're supposed to be about the kingdom of God, not, not the kingdom of America, right? Um, but, but love of country is just an extension of filial piety. What does that mean? It, it means that you, you're filial piety, meaning you're, like your devotion and commitment to your family, your, your love of family, your commitment to your, your parents, right? That, that because that is your smallest political unit. And so the, the, the healthier that your, your family is, the healthier that your children will be. But, but then don't you love the neighborhood you live in? Don't, don't you have a commitment to that neighborhood? Because it's where your family lives and you want your family to be safe. <laughs> and you love your family and you want them to thrive. So you don't want a dangerous neighborhood. You probably, you probably, maybe, maybe you're in an HOA and you want some good rules. You just want to save me. Well, if you love your neighborhood, cause it's where your house is and, and your house is where your family lives in, then I'm guessing you probably like have a natural love for your city. 
right? You, 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 you want to make sure your city has good laws, <laughs> good city council people, good school board members, right? Because, because your city is where your, your, uh, your neighborhood is, and your neighborhood is where your home is, and your home is where your family lives. And the healthier and more thriving your city is, the better it will be for your family, right? And the proclamation of the gospel. But I'm guessing if, if you love your city, then you probably love your county. And if you love your county, you probably want the best for your state, because the better the laws are in your state, which is where your county is, which is where your neighborhood is, which is where your city is, it's where your house is, your family live in that house, they're part of that state, the better the laws are for the thriving of children, the support of the family structure, right? The, the human flourishing, good education, good opportunities, uh, homeschool opportunities, funding the right things, loving the poor, good programs to love the least of these. I'm guessing that these are things you care about because you love your family. Right. Well, well, then your state is in a country and that country is called America and it was called the land of the free and the home of the brave. And it was providentially built by God through, through the, our, our, our forefathers that came on the Mayflower, the amazing acts of providence that were involved in the founding of America. Like, do you understand? Like love of country is an extension of filial piety. It's OK to prioritize the, the interests of your nation first because Actually, like borders are like a biblical thing. They're like found in the Bible and it's okay to love your country and that doesn't make you idolatrous. Now, could you begin loving America more than God? Yeah. Could, could you actually become idolatrous in your love and worship of America over God first? Yeah, that's possible. But I don't think most people, Christians, who are involved in politics and trying to honor God by creating a robust, righteous civilization are doing it because they've idolatrously replaced their love of God for love of country. But we're being told that if you're a Christian and a nationalist, a nationalist meaning you, you just – you want the interests of your nation put first because it's where you live and you're a citizen of that nation. And you're also a Christian, so you're a Christian national. Ooh, we're being told that like somehow that's idolatrous and that, that, that's somehow wicked or evil. I hope you see that when Christians like that abdicate, when, when we tolerate bad, bad ideas, historically over the last 120 years or so, it's never stopped at tolerance. They want acceptance, celebration, participation. Every stinking time, these things happen gradually over a long time, and then they happen suddenly. Do you understand? Like ideas don't remain in a vacuum. Nature, nature abhors a vacuum. When you try to create neutrality, all that happens is the ground and, and, and territory that you abdicate and surrender gets taken by revolutionaries who are more passionate to do for evil and wickedness than the church is to do for goodness and righteousness. Um, uh, Herbert Marcuse uh, is, is one of the sort of very kooky revolutionaries um, on the left, a, a neo-Marxist out of the Frankfurt School, uh, one, of the, one of the sort of uh, philosophical thought leaders of the sexual revolution in California. And, and, and he said, cultural hegemony necessitates enforced repressive toleration. Enforced repressive toleration. Tolerate it. Tolerate it. Tolerated, to forced, repressive toleration. Uh, then Max Horkheimer, and this is this is a real kicker for you to understand how kind of the cultural revolution has happened. Again, the the Frankfurt School were, was, is where critical theory comes from, right? And it's derivative critical race theory, which you've probably heard a lot recently. Critical theory began at the Frankfurt School in Frankfurt, Germany. Those kooky leftist intellectuals fled Germany afraid of Hitler. And they, they, they opened up the Frankfurt School at Columbia University in New York City. And, and, and critical theory, right, in the Frankfurt School 
those men kind of become the modern fathers of the radical hippie movement and the radical yippie movement and really the seeds of the sexual revolution. And, and the academic institutions tend to drive a lot of this kind of just philosophical rot, which ends up raising up the next generation of cultural activists to go onward with the revolution, right, to fill in institutions like science, medicine, the clergy, right, uh, our scientifically respected institutions, the law, the courts, to, to imbibe, embed their premises into the culture and onward with the revolution. One of the disciples of the Frankfurt School, Max Horkheimer, put it this way. He said, the revolution will not happen with guns. Rather, it will happen incrementally, incrementally, year by year. He said, we will infiltrate their schools and bureaucracies, transforming them into Marxist entities as we move toward universal egalitarianism, universal egalitarianism. We're all just equal. There's no fundamental differences between men and women. So women shouldn't have their own spaces. Women should be able to kill their children to pursue egalitarian equality with men. This Marxist revolution was ushered in by people very patient to begin with tolerance and then move to acceptance to normalize it in the society and the culture so that culture is to us what water is to a fish. It's all we know. So we'll become numb to the agenda slowly being infiltrated into our schools and into our children. Then they want celebration participation every single time. This is how it works. But I know this makes some Christians uncomfortable because they're like, ooh, like I want to like, I want to be loving. I want to, I want to be like, I want to understand that people think differently. You know, I, I want to be able to tolerate them. Intolerance doesn't mean you hate people. It doesn't mean that you can walk around being a jerk, you know, just gratuitously offending people. No, you're a Christian. Be loving. But it means, no, I'm not going to tolerate that idea. Right? I love you. I, I, we can talk and disagree, but I'm not going to tolerate that idea. I'm not going to give it quarter. I love Doug Wilson uh, and um, the folks over at Cannon Press in Moscow, Idaho. They do this thing every November called No Quarter November. <laughs> no Quarter November. Don't give any quarter to these ideas or ideologies. I, I, I hope I'm starting to make the case here historically with abortion, homosexuality. We could go on and on here. Let's do transgenderism. Here, let me wrap up the case I'm trying to make um, here with how these things never remain simply tolerated. This is how the slippery slope of tolerance works. What was the first? What, what did they want? We just want the right to dress up as the opposite sex, right? Back when we called them transsexuals, right, instead of transgender. We, we just want the right to dress up as the opposite sex. We, we, we want to live our true identity in public, okay? Just, just, just tolerate it, okay? It doesn't really affect your way of life. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We want the right now to enter the bathroom and locker of the opposite sex. Whoa. Well, that's not just tolerating anymore. That's accepting. You're literally being told to accept them in fundamentally female spaces. Did it stop there, y'all? Well, now we want the right to dress up sexually in front of your children. Read books to them. Drag Queen Story Hour at the library, at the, at, the, at the parks. There was a park in Wisconsin that a friend of mine, he's 19, he preaches the gospel. He's pro-life. He's awesome. His name's Marcus. He was preaching the gospel outside a family-friendly. You remember they call them family-friendly drag queen story hours? Remember that? Even though the dude's wearing lingerie and often like 
moving around very sexually and, and very inappropriately. And he was preaching the gospel outside of family-friendly drag queen story hour earlier this year in 2023. He was arrested, taken away in handcuffs by the police. Goodness gracious. So, you know, dress up sexually in front of children, it's fine. Preach the gospel against those ideas because you don't want to tolerate them and you're arrested. I mean, this should tell you everything you need to know about America right now. Oh, we also want the entire month of June set aside to glorify our delusions and pressure corporations into donating into our funds. And if that professional athlete or baseball player, remember this, refuses to celebrate us, refuses to wear, I don't know, a rainbow-themed outfit, okay, or something like this, we want to make him pay a steep price. We don't want him to be allowed to participate and compete athletically because he won't celebrate, celebrate us in the public square. And now, before you know it, they got us again. Gotcha. Now we want to mandate our gender theory curriculum in public schools, right? I mean, like, it's, it's all throughout America's public schools, guys. Like, I, I, like, don't just take my word on this. Like, Moms for Liberty has done great work on this. But, like, you can find some of the curriculum in the comprehensive sexuality education courses. It's not just about how to have safe sex if you're going to have sex so you don't get STDs. That's, that's, that's never been what comprehensive sexuality education has been about. Okay? That's a myth. You look at it. It touches on every aspect of the culture of death. <laughs> and that was the whole point. It has stuff in there about trans stuff, about gay sex, cartoons on how to do stuff. It talks about critical theory. Right? It talks about systemic racism. It talks about how children are sexual from birth, that children have sexual rights. And so parents shouldn't be allowed to dictate their children's sexual choices. Like this curriculum touches on all this stuff. This was always the point. They have literally curriculum on gender theory about how your body's not the real you. So boys can be girls and girls can be boys. They want it mandated in schools as part of health curriculum. How quickly we went from, we just want the right to dress up as the opposite sex in the public square. Just tolerate us. <laughs> we want to redefine children's rights to give schools the authority to disciple children into transgender delusion and hide it from the parents. Our friend Jessica Tapia, who we had on the show, who goes to Calvary Chapel Chino Hills with Pastor Jack Kibbs, was fired from a public high school by telling the authorities at the school that she, as a PE teacher, would not allow a man who said he was a woman to go into the women's locker room. She said, I ain't going to let that happen. And I'm also not going to use my kids' preferred pronouns. They fired her. Fired her. Why? Because these minors have the right I guess, to enter the locker room of their choice or to be referred to as she, even if they're a he. We want to mandate that you use our pronouns or face legal action. Do you know this is being pushed and suggested by the radical left that you should be forced to use their pronouns, that it could be hate speech if you don't? We want to trans your children and get them chemical and surgical intervention without parental knowledge. Washington signed a bill by Jay Inslee that would likely allow the state to take your kid and trans them if one or both parents disagree with their kid's gender identity, won't use their pronouns, and oppose chemical or surgical intervention. Wow. Wow. Now we're being forced into participation once again. Do you see how this works? Every stinking time. Tolerance can be very, very deadly. We thought we were maybe being loving and kind. But refusing to speak truth against lies is not loving. In fact, that's very mean. It's very hateful to give a lie quarter or refuse to speak the truth. The loving thing is to speak the truth and leave the results to God. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. 